The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall in turn four. Lot one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. We are back here at the Race Cave after a long week of Chili Bowl watching. Uh, some people here went to the Chili Bowl, actually, and I'm kind of surprised. This was at least one you would expect to go out to the Chili Bowl with Josh Harris. But before we get into today's show, uh, let's check in with the boys. Uh, let's kick things off with Brad Brown. Brad, man, how was your weekend? How was the Chili Bowl? Weekend was great. Uh, we went to My wife and I went to Topeka and spent the weekend there just get out of town. Didn't do it. There's not a lot to do in Topeka, by the way. We went. We did this a time of year. <laughs> we did a downtown scavenger hunt. We did some hiking, and that's that's about all there was to do. All the museums were closed, thank God, uh, and just had a good time. Good getaway from uh, from the the rigors the hustle of, of of Lincoln, Nebraska. The hustles so that, of Lincoln, Nebraska. There's no hustles here in Lincoln, <laughs> Nebraska. Was there an event going on down there, or did you just go down nope. there to go down there? We've been to Des Moines. We've been to Kansas City. We do, we just try to go somewhere different, and so Topeka's only three hours hey. away. We so went to Topeka. She went to Tulsa. Hey, I was in Topeka. I could back. There's no way I could have dragged my wife to Tulsa. She would, especially off the way Saturday turned out. She would have, she would have divorced me on the spot. You wouldn't have came back. <laughs> that one couple got married, man, but I would have got a divorce. <laughs> so that's what Brad thinks the hey, Chili Bowl. Hey, welcome to the club, bud. Welcome to the club. Anyways, Josh Harris, man, you went down to the Chili Bowl uh, Thursday, Friday. You missed mm-hmm. the big main show on Saturday night, but uh, you made it back in time to uh, catch it all on Flow Racing, didn't you? That I did. Uh, went down on Thursday. I got off work. We drove in. We literally got there 30 minutes before it started. Um, 30 minutes before it started or like 30 the minutes race, before hot laps? No, the race started like 4.30 is what time we got. There. Didn't we tell you, Brad? You should have left earlier. Yeah, and so left. We, we told, my brother told me that we're going to have, it's going to be a pit night. We're going to help out the droughts and Mark Birch. Just see what that's like. Oh, man, I was exhausted by the end of the night. Like, you actually had to work for once. Yeah, I had to carry like the air thing and some other stuff. <laughs> I thing. mean, <laughs> I was like, dear Lord. And then they had hand signals for right rear, left rear. I'm like, dude, if you're worrying about me trying to get that, yeah, we're not going to do very There's well. There's only one hand signal you need to know at the Chili Bowl, and that's the middle finger, bud. I didn't see much of that. You're but, not watching close enough. But I will say the Chili Bowl itself, sitting in the stands compared to the shootout, we sat turn four two rows up and you could feel those cars in your body like you know like when you're at nationals at knoxville nationals you hear the people stomping on the the seats it felt like that throughout the whole thing when they're on the track i mean it was an experience i'll never forget but at the same time it 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 just need to see but yeah i mean the overall event i think it, it it as an event rivals the nationals if if you're there i mean it's the only thing going on technically for us uh, open wheel fans, but yeah, it was a blast. I mean, then we got home, we left Friday after the race, literally as the checker flag went, drove to Topeka, got there at two 30 in the morning, got up at seven 15 to get to, you couldn't take another <laughs> switch drivers and drive. the yeah, We tried. Hours? Nate, so that was a funny story. Nate told me, he's like, Hey, this was at one o'clock. He's like, how about you go to sleep? 
and then we'll, you know, we'll just drive in an hour. Or so I'll wake you up. You drive the rest of the way. So I couldn't fall asleep. 30 minutes later, I fell asleep. He wakes me up or stop and we're just going to stay in Topeka. So we slept for like four hours, got up and I had to go to a soccer game and uh you guys are doing it all wrong, man. You need to be all jacked up on Red Bull and Mountain Dew and toothpicks in your eyelids to keep them open. That's what we did when we did that, that down and back. You no, know, Nate was drinking NOS. He was like, I'm ready to go. And, and shoot, Caden fell asleep three different times in the back seat. It was hilarious. <laughs> and you sent us a photo of your seats on uh, Friday night. Uh, then you messaged us that, hey, we're, I'm sitting right behind Chase Randall. I knew you were going to bring that up. How'd that go? That did not go <laughs> well. So I thought it was Chase Randall. We all thought it. Me, Caden, Ian, everybody. We were like, all right, it's Chase Randall. And, I, like, and I sent, oh, did you introduce yourself? Yeah. So the brand's like, you need to introduce yourself. I'm like, okay. So there's a break. And I go up to him. I'm like, hey, Chase, how's it going? And he's like, not too bad. And I'm like, okay. So that's uh, to a good start. Off to a good start. So uh, thanks again for coming on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Podcast? What podcast are you talking about? And I, ha- I was wearing the hoodie I'm wearing now. And I'm like, oh, quick time the podcast. And he's like, no. He goes, I think you're getting me thought of someone else. And I'm like, are you Chase Randall? He goes, my name's Chase, but it's not Randall. And I'm like, crap. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> my brother looks at me and goes, that's why you don't do that. <laughs> you dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> so, yeah, that was not a lot of fun. But, hey. We got an extra guy in the studio we tonight. Do. Someone actually, you know who it is. I've heard of this guy. Heard of him. I think everybody's heard of him. Rock and roll Billy Alley. Welcome to the club, there Billy. How's is. it going? Yeah, what's up, guys? Quick time. Maybe that's what the Chili Bowl mi- misses a little bit is quick time. I think they need <laughs> the personality of Billy Alley at the racetrack. That's L- what the L- Chili Bowl needs. to the uh, start of the quick time podcast, uh, you know, that's one thing with wing sprint car racing is listening to Johnny Gibson and Tony Bachoven and... Quick time, going on the backstress at Knoxville, seeing the sign. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. <laughs> How many quick times you got, Billy? You know, I was fortunate of that. I'll give it all to Buns. My race car is always good, but we we, we could time in good at Knoxville, and I know that's what uh, definitely helped us. Billy, you went to the Chili Bowl. What was your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, yeah, you actually Bowl? went down Let's the Chili Bowl. What was topic? your thoughts about it? Um, Yeah, I went with a couple buddies. They, they uh, had, had some tickets to the Chili Bowl, and we made it down there for the final night, and... You know, there's a what what I thought about is there's a lot of super awesome up and coming racers. You know, the the, the sport sure. of racing is definitely is uh, growing, not dying, and that's one thing that Emmett Hahn and Terry Maddox and all the all the guys down there, the Chili Bowl staff, Matt, uh, yeah, Matt Ward, Ward, and, Ward. And, and his wife and everyone that makes all that happen with ASCS Racing and everything. You know, they're. Uh, a stepping stone for dirt track racing. And that's what the chili bowl is to me. I mean, it's a prestigious event, but you know, those guys can go down there and you, you, you don't know their name and they leave the chili bowl and you're like, man, we're going to watch that kid. Yeah. Especially they do well. I mean, like, uh, Hank, Hank Davis. I mean, I'm sure he's yeah, got a good you, chance you for two, rides. You two didn't know who Hank Davis was. He's the 305 driver. Of course, me and Brad don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's 305. Brad knows <laughs> nothing about the 305s. Oh, we're gonna get I'm on sorry. the talk. Sorry, it. what? What, uh-huh. what is that about? Uh-oh. But Billy, you, you, <laughs> we're gonna get into the three hundred five talking. I can't wait. You was, actually got to run the Chili Bowl. Okay. What was it in two thousand six? Yeah, I, I ran. I uh, I ran the Chili Bowl three three different times. Three times, okay. I ran with Pete Davis, which is a hothead uh, engine heater guy, and that was all through Speedway. And then I ran for uh, a guy out of Pennsylvania, and then actually. Bob Richardson, Buns, and I, we built a car for the Chili Bowl. And uh, the best I ever did, I made it. I made the B-Main one year. 
But the Chili Bowl, when I was running it, you know, I'm, I realize how old I'm getting because it, it wasn't, you know, there wasn't 340 cars. <laughs> no. Right. I, I couldn't tell you what, how many cars there were, but when I made the B main, you know, it was a cool deal, but it wasn't like it would be today. All right. This question has been asked and answered by so many sprint car drivers over the years, but to you specifically, how foreign was jumping in a midget to you after being a, a wing sprint car guy driver for all these years? It had to be like night and day almost because you have to pitch it in and all that stuff. So how, how foreign was it to you? It, it, you know, the, the thing about non-wing cars for a wing guy is until they crash, it's easy, you know, because you're, uh, I was sitting, I was standing next to Dave Darlin once actually. And he said, uh, the wing guys are super fast in a non-wing car until they crash. And I was hanging from the fence at Lakeside Speedway one night in a midget. And that's when I realized what he meant because wing guys, yeah, they don't pitch it in. They drive it in straight. And they're fast for a long time. And that's how I was in a Chili Bowl. And even a midget. I drove for uh, 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 Gary Taylor was the hired driver. And the guy was from Colorado, the 5T white car. Brandon, you know what? Uh, Come on, Brandon. I know what car he's talking about. I, I just <laughs> I don't know car owners. I know what uh, car Greg is. Nichols hooked the whole deal up for me, and that's how I got into a midget. And and more than likely, if I wouldn't have destroyed the race car at Lakeside Speedway, I would have probably had a great opportunity of running more midget stuff. And uh, you know, there's a couple different opportunities in my racing career that uh, I crashed. If I wouldn't have crashed those two nights, one was in a late model for Kaziski, and the other was in the midget at Lakeside Speedway. You know, instead of being a hero, I was a zero. And, you know, I do, I do, I definitely look back on it today and think, man, if I would have won that race instead of crashed, you know, I could have done who knows, who knows where it would have led. Yeah, but you were competitive in those races then, is what you're saying. It's I not was like competitive, you were just out of control. A, you know, it's like one of those things, you know, you're, it, you're only close in horseshoes and hand grenades. You got to win the race. You can't just be close. You got to win. And I crashed. And when the, when the car owners see their car in a bucket of, scraps you know thanks that was, a, that was a great great night but uh yeah you probably won't be getting a phone call on monday and that was that <laughs> you know you credit buns a lot and how much do you believe that buns helped you at a young age coming into sprint cars to help you kind of gain the knowledge the understanding of going from a micro to a sprint car how do you feel like buns has helped you in your career you know i appreciate that question because I'm gonna skip back. Is one of the when I when I got when I, my interview for the Knoxville Raceway Hall of Fame when I got interviewed in that Hall of Fame, you know, it was me and my dad, and I knew it was gonna be a hard time for me to be able to talk because I was gonna get emotional, and I never th gave Buns enough credit in in that speech because Buns is Billy Alley. I mean, that's that's it. I, I my dad gave me great equipment, and and Bob Richardson was the mechanic. And we, we, it was a hard, it was hard to get Bob to the racetrack because he didn't want to come. He said he was done. He was retired. I'm not going to the racetrack. Somehow my dad got him to the racetrack. The first night we run at Eagle Raceway, I come into the pits after hot laps and I don't know what Bob saw in me, but he looked at me and he said, okay, here's the deal. You don't tell anybody what we're running. You keep your mouth shut. And we're going to win a lot of races. <laughs> that, yeah, I could do that. Five nights later, we won. Dang. And then it just kind of took off from there. And, yeah, I was successful in a race car, but it was Bob. Bob, 
Bob could deal with me because I was kind of a hot-headed kid, and I, I, I went. It, it was, it was, a, it was like the Ricky Bobby statement: "If you're not first, you're last." That's pretty much how I approached the racetrack. But is that what he wanted you to do when you were on the track? Like, hey, I want you to challenge for the front. I don't want you just no, driving around. No, Bob never. I didn't need any motivation. I've, I didn't. I motivated myself, and uh, that's probably why when I stepped away from sprint cars is why I had to get completely away from it because, you know, I, 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 the sport did a, it. It kind of set my, uh, it set my whole life up. Really, the people that I met and the things that I've done and where I live and everything i could go on and on about it racing has done so much for 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 myself that i wouldn't be where i am today i feel like if it wasn't for racing but uh you know that was something that i put on myself but it's kind of a double-edged sword because i love the sport i do i'm sitting in your race game right now and i'm watching the speedway and i could go on and on about that place but uh you know i i do i love it but i, I i'm not at the racetrack I don't talk about it much. You know, I know you, I, I've, you guys have asked me to come on the podcast and it's, but I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I had to get away from it because I, uh, I, if I, if I'm, if I'm at a racetrack, I want to be in a race car, you know, but you, you say in an interview I've heard before that you, your wife was not a race person, right? Rodney Droud, same way. I was talking to him this, this weekend at Chili Bowl, you know, Lori Lori's not a race person. She was there for him when he was there racing, but she's not at the track when he's at the track helping out with the, with Birch and them. He's like, it's just, it's just the way it is, you know, but I'm sure that's hard for you. You know, if, if your wife's not, Hey, I want to be at the racetrack and you're like, I live and breathe this stuff. And you said in an interview, you said that you have to surround yourself with race people. And I think that goes back to your saying that you need to be around it every day to be good at it. You can't just show up every once in a while. And I think that's true. I don't like, if you showed up at a racetrack six months later, after you haven't raced, do you think you just bulldoze and, and win or you just show up? No, if you want to win big races, you got to eat, sleep and shit. Sprint cars. <laughs> there it is. There's a t-shirt. I mean, you got to eat, sleep and shit it. You have to think about it 24 seven. And yeah, my wife, uh, you know, I mean, looking back on everything, it's my life has worked out, you know, how it's supposed to. I, I, I say that. But, uh, yeah, my wife, she kind of kept me grounded, really. When when the racing kind of come to to an end point, it was either, yeah, you stay in the game and just become an average racer or you step away. And I think that's when I knew I was going to step away because my wife wasn't right down in there digging with me. You know, there's there's – there's guys out there that are still racing and their wives are in it more than they are. They're, they're the ones that are eat, sleeping and shit and racing. They're the one watching. They're, the they're not necessarily sitting in the seat or turning the wrenches, but they are driving their husband to race. And yeah, my, I, I didn't, my wife didn't grow up in a racing family and didn't really know anything about it until she met me. And when it come down to it, you know, racing was kind of becoming more of a hobby than a living. And, that's when I kind of woke up and thought, well, you know, there's two ways to, to go on this route. Either I get a divorce and don't have any kids or, yeah, I take the racing route. And I don't know what, what route that would have led me, but uh, my wife's awesome and she's 
supported me, you know, throughout everything as, as far as, you know, what, what, uh, you know, when I quit racing, it was hard for me. And I'm she, sure. she, she basically said, if you want to keep racing, let's keep racing. But I don't, I don't think that makes you happy right now. And, and that's when we had kids and now my son and I, we, we go to wrestling matches and football games. Aren't you a coach or do you run the Squires now? Uh, I'm, I'm a big part of the Lincoln Squires wrestling club. And, uh, yeah, my son is that instead of going to racetracks right now and racing go-karts, we do, we go to wrestling tournaments and yeah, he's a little badass. You know, my dad never bragged much about me and I think that's why I don't brag a bunch about my kid, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a little badass on the wrestling mat and he's a little stud on the football field and it's fun for me and. And, and the wrestling is where we really have our bond. Cause yeah, I coach and I'm on the, I'm right on the mat with him coaching him. And, uh, he wins a lot more matches than he loses. And you know, so he's, he's got a trophy picture every week. It he's seems on like. a, you know, he's wrestling on a, it's, it's, it's more than just a local level. You know, we're, he, I take him to some bigger wrestling tournaments and he competes with some pretty solid kids and. It's fun because we're on, you know, instead of talking stagger and wheel spacing and yeah, you should have went low and you should have went high. I'm saying, you know, you, you put your head down in the second period and that's why that kid got, you know, he got the escape and, you know, stuff like that in wrestling and right. wrestling really goes hand in hand with race cars. It really does. Wrestling and racing are really close to the same sport. Like they're, they're really close. You're in tight quarters. Well, yeah. And, and it's just you, you're on the, re you're on the wrestling mat against the other guy and you're on the racetrack and it's you and your race car against a bunch of other guys. And you, you know, when you're driving a race car, you know, that's where the, the, the badasses shine is when there's five laps to go and everyone else is tired and you're still, you're just getting fast. And that's how wrestling and racing really go. They really do go hand in hand. Kind of back up just to hear about your wife. Um, she may not have been born into sprint car racing and, and she grew, grew into it more or less. But she was never afraid to roll up her sleeves and, and, and get busy. I go to Knoxville Nationals, and she was always up there on the midway selling your shirts. And, and it just seemed like she was keeping things organized. And, and uh, um, I, never, I knew her, her dad really well, but I never knew her until um, you guys got together and then you got married. And uh, she was always really nice and polite and, and, and somebody that uh, was easy to talk to because you were always so damn busy talking to all the fans and stuff. So uh, I always talked to her when after races and stuff. But uh, she was not afraid to roll up her sleeves and, and take care of some business, especially that probably that monotonous job of trying to sell t-shirts at Knoxville Nationals. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I want to know how that conversation went when you first got her out to the racetrack. You want, <laughs> yeah, you want to come yeah, watch wanna... me uh, come playing some dirt and, and well, I think the drive first some cars? Time, win a check? <laughs> I think the first time my wife, uh, my in-laws, and, you know, we were dating, because we, my wife and I started dating when I was racing mini sprints. And, and you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I was a little bit of a hothead. I was a little... You know, kind I, of a pain I, in the I ass. I said it probably earlier. You're a cocky son of a bitch. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, well, you know, that's where uh, the, I think the first time my my in laws ever came to a racetrack was at uh, the old the the Greenwood Mini Sprint track when they built the little racetrack, Greenwood Speedway, which was a real bummer. They destroyed the place because I think it would have been a badass place. But uh, 
you know, I, I have some grudges and, and this is a great place to let those grudges out. Cause I've never really <laughs> spoke about it in my life. Let it fly, bud. But I, I literally, I, I, it's something that I hope some people are listening about the night I, I was racing at Greenwood Speedway I got black flagged. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't even remember why or what, but they, they black flagged me off the racetrack and, or maybe I ran shitty. More than likely, I ran shitty. But anyway, I come through the pit area too fast. And, oh, and so it wasn't even a track thing. Like I, on the track. I, I came through the pit area t- at too high rate of speed because that was one thing I look back as, as I did. I, I would, I mean, when, when the adrenaline, my adrenaline, I, sometimes I couldn't control it. And I, I basically loaded the race car in the trailer myself. Like, I, Put it right up in the trailer because I was not too <laughs> thrilled of how the night went. Anyway, instead of the, I won't name names, but the people that own that racetrack, Silmans and IED Speedway, like with all that going, they didn't have the courtesy to call us that week. So when we showed up the next week at the racetrack, I was leading the points out there. When I showed up the next week, they basically told us that we couldn't race. They made us go home. They didn't call us during the week or anything, and I will never, ever in my whole life forget the ride home with my dad because I, I, it definitely taught me something. I don't know if it really helped me because I don't think my drive ever lessened. But, yeah, they, they basically kicked us out, out of the racetrack, and then we never went back. My in-laws saw the, you know, the bad side of me. And uh, saw their future son-in-law right there, right, right there. But I did. I wanted to win, and I think a lot of people probably said that kid won't amount to shit. And uh, you know, it probably gave me a little extra drive. I remember sitting where I can, I can vividly remember the ride home. I don't remember very many ride home, but I remember that night like it was yesterday. And I sat in the truck for my dad got out because he was, you know, he was pretty upset and. Uh, you know, when you pull into a racetrack after maintenance of a car all week and you're umped up to race, and then and then that's when they tell you that you can't race that night. That's kind, of a, they that's were kind like of a bullshit move on their part. They were kind of setting us up for that night. And I have uh, never forgot it. I'll never forget it. I'll never, ever forget it. I'll never own an uh, S&S trailer in my life. And, uh, you know, that, that, was a, that, was a, that was a big, big night for me. Did they ever give you an explanation at all? No, I'm, I'm, I mean... You know, my memory is not very, not very good, Brad. You know, I, 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 I can't. <laughs> but he remembers uh, that. If I, if, I, if I say things and I don't, and I'm not accurate, it's just because I don't, my brain don't, you know, don't yeah. go there. But, but yeah, they never, there was no explanation or, or <laughs> nothing. They, they're basically, I was, a, I was, I was a cocky kid and they were going to show me a lesson. And the problem is, is it, it, uh, you know, they were showing my dad a lesson and he, he didn't need it. It was me and. You know, it, it just took a phone call during the week saying, "Hey, you guys were, your, you know, your kid was a little out of control, and let's, uh, you know, you guys need to take a week off or something." But yeah, they just basically let us show up at the racetrack and and then made a big point in front of everybody, and I'll never forget it ever, ever. So, kind of diving into that, what would you tell young racers, you know, going into the sport? From what you've learned with that experience and other experiences, how to act at a racetrack, how to you know go about it, what would you tell them? Well, those are the things where, uh, you know, I, I I would say that 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 that's uh, the the feeling that you get when you don't do well. 
you know, that's that's something that will slow you down, really. You, you need to understand that the nights that don't go right, you know, instead of lose, you learn. That's how I tell my kid on the wrestling mat. You know, we didn't, you didn't lose that match. You learned that match. And that's the same with racing. You just need to learn and know that there's another race. That's what Buns, Bob, he always told me. He goes, you know, when the trailer door shuts, we're going to go to the racetrack next week. So just chill out. And I had, I had a hard time chilling out. I did. I, I, I looked back on it, and I, I, hell, I might still be racing today if I wasn't such a freaking hothead because what it does is it, it, it would kill me. If I didn't run well, you know, on a, on a night, I would, it would suck for the whole week. I would just let it eat at me. It's not and good if you're a company owner. <laughs> you just can't let it eat at you. You just have to let it go and go to the next one. Well, speaking of that then, um, and I don't know how to ask this question. I just be, put it out there. You know, towards the end of your career, you weren't winning the races that you did halfway through your career with Giffords and stuff. How did that make you feel if you were so competitive? You just there were you just weren't winning as many races. You weren't uh, – I mean, you were having some car problems, uh, mechanical issues. How did that eat at you? How did that set with you just not being as competitive as you were early on in your career and even halfway through your career? Well, I, I, I feel like that's – it set me back a ton because I feel like if I would have just been chill and, and, and understood that, you know, I was with the right people and, you know, I can wheel, I can wheel the race car, mm -hmm. you just got to put – put the right, you know, scenario together, it will come together. And that's where I, I lack because I, I would, I would, instead of saying, you know, the trailer door goes up, you could be another week. I was going week to week. I just, if I didn't win that week, I was bummed out till I raced again. And, and almost more like day to day. Sounds like, I mean, yeah, day to day really. where I think you just have to kind of take it all with a grain of salt and, the good nights, just to let them roll off and go again. And I, I really, I, I, my son doesn't race, but with wrestling, that's where I've, cause he's the same man. He'd lose a match and he would freak out. And when he was a kindergartner, I would basically grab him by the, by the, basically by a single. I said, it's okay. Just to calm him down. You mean just to calm thing? him down yeah. and chill him out. Cause, cause I could just see it in his eyes that that's where I was. I, and, and I'm talking about a kindergartner. But I, I understood where he was feeling. And today, you know, he loses a wrestling match, and he do, he just kind of walks off the mat, and we talk about it, and he, he goes and wrestles to, again. He knows when to turn it on, turn it off type thing. Because like my dad, you know, looking back, my dad, he was as competitive as I was. He just, you know, I don't, I don't think he knew how to control me. I, I was. <laughs> I was a problem. I, I, I will 100% I will admit that I had a – problem with that like when i would not win a race or not things wouldn't go right i would freak out and and it definitely probably cost me some pretty good rides i'm sure there's guys out there you know back in my day where you know at one point i was i i was i was confident i had great good race car under me and and i was rolling and you know that was a short-lived time but the, at that time I was rolling, and I think my my personality and attitude, you know, kind of 
basically set my career short. Funny you say that because I never saw that out of you at any racetrack. Now I wasn't standing by your pits the whole time and maybe you let it out by the time the, the pit gates open after the races and the kids started coming down because you were always a fan favorite because all the, I mean, you were so, um, approachable, kind of, by approachable with, just kind of like Brian Brown. You're so polite to the kids and the kids loved you. And, and, uh, I, I'm God, I never saw that. that well, that's one thing ago. with the kids. I, I, you know, cause I was a kid. I grew up loving sprint cars, sitting in turn four at Eagle Raceway with my dad. I, I was a sprint car fan. And when I'd go down to the pit areas and the drivers would take their time to talk to me, you know, I, I did. I love sprint cars. From the time I was a, as I can remember, I was a sprint car guy. I loved them. I just, I loved them. So when I actually got the opportunity and had success on a sprint car, a kid would come up to me. It like, even if I had a shitty night, a kid would make me smile. You could tell in your face too. So I would let it go. I would, but deep down inside, it would just, it was (laughs) killing me. And, and, you know, I think I would, my, my attitude and personality would rub off, you know, like on the, on, on pit crews and the guys that helped me race, you know, I was kind of an asshole sometimes and I didn't mean to, I just, I just was. You mentioned uh, watching sprint cars at Eagle Raceway with your dad. Who was your Who was your guy? Who Who'd you look up to when you were a kid? Uh, Ray Lipsy. I knew my my guy that. was Ray Lipsy. Uh, I I my. You were sponsored by him too. I, I was for a while, and I think that was just because I called him all the time, and I <laughs> I think he finally said, "Jesus, this kid ain't gonna leave me alone." So yeah, I'll give you, I'll buy you a car, and <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I think that was just me by my persistence of driving him crazy. But yeah, I don't know what it was. I loved Ray Lipsy and. And uh, Riggin Kitchen was another one. Uh, J.J. Riggins. You know, there's a lot of, you know, one thing with, with Nebraska and Lincoln, you know, there's a lot of badass sprint car drivers that's come right out of right out of, of Nebraska. That's very Don true. Dry Jr. I got to throw Don in there. He's one of the other ones. So we had a, a funny story about Don Dry Jr. Ian, his nephew, was asking Nate, he goes, how good was my uncle back in the day? And Nate's like, Think of it this way. I traveled with him for a weekend. We went to three races. He won two and finished second. He goes, and that was not against Joe Schmo. That was against good talent. And he's like, Ian's like, oh, okay. He goes, I've always heard stories about my uncle, but never, you know, how good he was. And, you know, you talk about your, you know, oh, my adrenaline. When I was around Junior in the pits, I've been around Junior my whole life. (laughs) Never at a racetrack. I've never seen him more focused and just irritable. Like I'm more focused on this right now than I am talking to you. Like, like leave me alone. And when you talked about that, that is like dead on like your, your mentality when you're in that moment, you don't care what else is going on around you. So to me, that was, sorry to interrupt you on that, but yeah, no, that's, 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 uh, that's, that's what's, it's cool for me to watch, uh, uh, Don Drought and, and, and Birch, you know, team back up because, you know, Mark Birch is one of the mentors of our sport and he's, uh, you know, he's just an all around great guy and, and watching, you know, cause I, I remember when I first started racing sprint cars, it was Don Drought Jr. and Birch and they would whoop everyone's ass. And then, you know, they kind of, they kind of went their separate ways 
and to watch them team back up, have fun at it. And, and I think they both would admit they look at it a little different than they did now versus when they started. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, but it gives me hope. Hell, maybe someday I'll be able to drive the banana wagon again. You know, yeah. you never know. I told Bert someday, you know, maybe if I get my act together, you know, lose a little weight, get in shape again, you know, maybe I can go to the 1M. You know, you just don't know. And, and then walk up and down the Chili Bowl, you know, looking at what Birch does with the, 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 you know, the Jack Foundation. And, and, you know, Mark is, you know, he's kind of beyond the winning and losing. You know, it's he loves racing. He loves surrounding. That's what that's what his, you know, that's what gets his mind off of work, right? Because the guy is running, you know, you know what he does with his accounting business. You know, he needs something to escape, and that's his escape. And it's cool to see him and Droud, you know, back together. I I think that's awesome. I definitely think if you walked in his shop, you would probably be ready to start racing again. I mean, you walk in there and it's like cars everywhere, and it's, and motors just sitting on the floor, and it's like. This is what a race shop looks like. I mean, it is awesome to be there. Is uh, is there a driver or somebody in the business that kind of took you under their wing and 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 helped you through your career, taught you a little bit, give you, you know, don't go here, go low here, whatever. Just kind of uh, took you under their wing and kind of uh, mentored you uh, throughout your career. Until you got good, and then they said, "Screw you! You're we're not." That, that was five. Ra- that was five races in after <laughs> you won the first one. They, they everybody's like, "I'm you. not telling Billy anything anymore." Oh well, if I, I I think there's a lot of people I could you know give credit to that too. Um, basically, it's just people that calm me down and and uh, you know with racing they take me under their wing. I mean, I had buns, so I didn't need right. anyone else. Buns today could take a young kid and make him a superstar. I believe that. It's just. Getting buns into their shop, you know. Buns is what's he doing now? Just uh, retired and having fun. Buns, he uh, he has a he has his own flooring business. He works for Floors Incorporated, and he does like special flooring. And the guy will never retire because he loves to work. But he, uh, I got a sprint car in the shop, and that's strictly for buns. And buns has tinkered with it a little bit, and I don't know where the sprint car will. You know what will happen with it, but uh, yeah, Buns is a racer. Buns, if if he get get the right situation, you know he's a, he's a routine guy. So he's at High V at nine a.m. High V in Lincoln, Nebraska, <laughs> with JJ and, and he's uh you know there's a handful of them, and then he's here at eleven. And he works from noon to three, and then you know so he's uh totally a routine guy. So if you throw out him a routine, yeah, he's gonna get nervous and go away. But it'd be cool to see a young kid. You know, get buns to take him what he did for me because he was the guy. So, you know, why we're talking about that, somebody better get him into a bunch of Hall of Fame because he is definitely a Hall of Fame guy in the Nebraska Hall of Fame. He needs to be in that one probably next year because he should have been in there five years ago. And then he needs to get in the Knoxville Hall of Fame because what he's done at both Nebraska and Knoxville are more than I can guarantee you. 50% of the people in both of those Hall of Fames, if you look at his stats and what he's done, it's, you know, they, they need to get him in there. I agree with what the you're saying. The guy is a legend. I mean, he really is. He's, yeah, for, um, he is Billy Alley, but, yeah, he's Billy Alley. Bob Richards is the one that took me to where I where I, where I was. I mean, he was. That name is, you hear Buns, you know, you know what you're talking about. My, my favorite stuff, I'll, I'll just got to throw this on the air here, is uh, we were at uh, Sedalia, Missouri, 
It was one of the, the first biggest races I ever won in my life. Uh, it's ten thousand to win, same as the Chili Bowl, by the way. There's <laughs> like thirty cars there. <laughs> and how long? In, in in Sedalia, Missouri, in like whatever year it was, I don't know. And uh, I I a red flag come out, and I told Buns what I thought he should do to the race car, and we went and won the race. I passed Shane Stewart. I won ten grand, biggest race I won when I was a kid. And the point of my story is, is we're driving down the road, we're driving back home. And Buns and I, you know, we, I, can, I can communicate really well with Buns. And I told him, so I told Buns, I said, man, that call I made on the red flag was the right call. Like, that was good, huh? And he, didn't and he chuckled. He goes, he well, I did, the t- I did the total opposite. But I wanted <laughs> oh. to tell you that, but I, I didn't do what you told me. I did the total opposite. So Worked out. <laughs> the, guy, the guy does. He, he, he's, uh, he loves the sport. He just loves it. Like, that's what, if you go talk to Bob Richardson tomorrow at Hy-Vee, he will talk about sprint car racing. He needs to be inducted into all the Hall of Fames because he needs to be inducted before he, the man dies. And Yeah, I don't know if you caught the little bombshell Billy dropped it a little bit ago about a sprint car sitting in a shop. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll come right back and we'll talk a little bit more about that. (laughs) Dirt Empire Magazine is the ultimate dirt track racing only magazine in the world. Featuring interviews, opinions, event photos, tech, and 100% racing action. Each issue includes late models, modified sprint cars, and more. Big event photos from the best photographers in the sport. And great one-on-one interviews with the top drivers as well as grassroots racers. Pick up a copy of Dirt Empire Magazine today at select tractor supply stores or other area retailers. Or get your subscription to today at DirtEmpireMagazine.com. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced. And usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen. At Charter West Bank Mortgage Center, we know that it's more important now than ever to find a smart mortgage that fits your needs. We're locally owned, and Charter West Bank Mortgage Center is a leader in Nebraska mortgage lending for first-time home buyers and all types of loans. Our local mortgage team at Charter West is here to help. Give us a call. Charter West Bank Mortgage Center. Nebraska born, Nebraska owned, Nebraska values. Charter West Bank, the power of the Eagle. Equal housing lending. All right, guys, welcome back to Quick Time, the podcast. We are now joined on the phone with uh, somebody Billy knows pretty damn well, uh, a guy that's putting on a uh, badass race coming up here at Eagle Raceway here at the end of the season, Tyler Perry, man. Tyler, how's it going, man? Good. How are you guys? We're good. We're sitting here uh, in the race cave. Uh, Billy's selling some lies and having a good time. The race Uh, cave. This is badass in here, by the way. Josh is... uh Done a, I was gonna done a great s- job. I, I told me the last time I'm in the race cave. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm in a, in my basement, and we've got like eight inches of snow so far. So I'm jealous of you guys. Eight inches eight of inches. snow. I don't think yeah, we're we, better, better you than us, bud. 
I think we just got slush. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it for you. So uh, why don't we just dive right in? Uh, first of all, how how did you, you uh, get hooked up with Billy? How did I get hooked up with Billy? Um, really, we had a sim the same football coach. Um, I had Nate Larson, and I think his dad was one of your coaches, Billy. Yes, he was. Yep. Yep. So. We had that similar factor and then just going to races. Um, I just really wanted to be a part of it. So when he started, I just kind of made myself around and, um, I guess as we got going and he raced more and I got into the sport, actually participating in it. Once I figured out what the heck I was doing, um, it just kind of worked out. I must've done okay and been able to stick around them cause they, uh, to run a successful operation, you have to have dedicated people. And for whatever reason, I got to keep hanging around. So, um, they're an easy group to get along with as long as you want to win. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't like winning? <laughs> Winning's great. <laughs> so what made you pick this date to be the memorial? Oh, race you're just going to dive right into it, right? Yeah, well, might as well. All right. Just how did Let's it develop? Go. Yeah. I want to know how it got developed, like how this came to be. Boy, there's a bunch. Um, I'm going to guess I after a few bush lattes to start off with. And some hunting and fishing. And no, no, it, uh, it it's really a lot. So uh, when I came up with the idea, I uh, just started looking at the calendar, and I thought, well, I'm never going to promote a race in April because it won't happen. Um, it, it, just the chance of rain and then May are about as likely. And then it was a... I kind of looked at the national tour schedule and um, the Knoxville schedule to play off that a little bit and realized that uh, really there was only one shot uh, one weekend that worked in my eyes to draw the most cars. And it was that weekend. And we have kind of a previous history of that weekend being successful with the Nebraska cup in the past. So, um, then it was a phone call to Roger to see if that weekend was available because I know they start their uh, Eagle Hollow haunts uh, in September, October, whenever they start it. So I knew it was going to be a fine line with him. It, it worked out with him. I, I think he thought I was bluffing at first. Um, uh, then it, I reached out to Billy and kind of told him what I wanted to do, and he was all about it. So. And it was reach out to the Kaziskis and Jay Burdick because I needed a sanctioning body. Um, and they were all about it. And I think uh, from that talk, kind of their schedule kicked off. Um, and it went from there. It just really kind of everything makes sense for that weekend. If you're going to try to catch a, a Ryan Timms, a Trace and Midgets, the Midgets are off that weekend. If you're trying to catch knoxville guys knoxville's off that weekend um this week i got in touch with dale furby and now it'll be co-sanctioned with msts2 so we'll draw uh, the south dakota minnesota tangent that wants to come down and and race at it too um it also works out it's the uh, within a week or a few days of the anniversary when stewart passed too so it the time of year just fits for everything. So, yeah, just it lined up perfect. And um, the late model guys, that was a big part of it, too. Um, their schedule was full for this weekend. And 
they actually had Warrensburg, Missouri cancel. So then Eagle became a, a points race for them. So it's a lot of work, a lot of phone calls, but we arrived on a perfect date in my opinion. Yeah. And I also, you guys know this, there's no way I was going to promote a race on a Husker football Saturday, especially against Colorado. Oh, that's all right. I, I don't. I don't watch Nebraska, anyways. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I would. My dad would roll over in his grave as we we're we we're we we're going on a Husker football Saturday. So, yeah, it, GP uh, graphics, you're doing good, bud. Thanks, dude. Yeah, it. Uh, that's just a perfect weekend. Um, that Saturday. I mean, that's Deion Sanders' first home game at Colorado, and. I, I, they'll probably beat the hell out of Nebraska, but uh, no in the way. end, I knew Billy would jump in. No <laughs> way, but no way. No matter what, I don't want six people at the race to to show support for the Alley family because of the damn Huskers. So Sunday made sense to me. I don't know about you, but uh, the Alley family ranks higher than Huskers in this uh, pretty the, much this setting this right here. <laughs> uh, I agree. Awesome. So so is Billy Alley gonna be running at this? Yeah, race? That's we keep the, hearing rumors. That's his. He's, that's he's his thinking name. about answering this question. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I got a buddy that, that, uh, that, that race car sitting in the shop. You know, he, he, uh, he's part of it, but he's working on his Ford Bronco right now, and I'm building my wife's house. So, uh, you know, it's just a busy time right now. But I did want to get a '86 40 welded together by Brian Chene, the legend. And then Tyler, obviously, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's part of all that whole group at EMI. So we got a Eagle chassis welded together, sitting in the shop. And if I don't drive it, maybe somebody else will, but, uh, you know, I don't know where all that will go. I just, I get, I do got a sprint car in the shop, but I think it's more just cause I like to look at it. I heard there's a really good crew chief that goes to high V in the mornings. You might yeah. go talk to him. Yeah. Bob's uh he's actually put the front axle together already and he's, <laughs> he's talked to it and touched it. It's like Harry Hogg <laughs> and the Daytona 500 deal. He, he talks to it, but no, I, I don't know where the, the race car in the garage is, you know, where that will go, but so, I do. I, I love the sport. So, Tyler, this is the, the, the Stuart Alley Memorial is all, all Tyler. He's the one that's, that's done everything. I, hell, I learned a lot about it just in the last 30 seconds of the podcast. So, <laughs> so he's, you're, uh, so you're saying there's a chance. There is yeah. a, there's a car. We have a car. <laughs> hey, Eagle Raceways, Eagle Raceways is greatest one of, you know, it's, I mean, you, you look at anybody that loves sprint cars in the whole country, you know, that actually, understands sprint cars and really loves them eagle raceways in their top picks it's like one of the greatest racetracks ever i mean there's a, just, there's a reason why kyle larson says that's one of his favorite racetracks it's just the current owner you know he's he's not about growing the sport of sprint car racing he's just yeah he's got a great great car count and and 305 sprint car racing is great for a lot of people but as far as like growing the sport of sprint cars that's not him. The, everyone gave Craig Cormack a bunch of crap back in the day, but Craig Cormack was a badass of our of our, you know, so the sprint car world in Nebraska. And I'd give anything to have Craig Cormack just come out of, of retirement and and take over the place because Eagle Raceway he would make it completely badass. Again. You know, it's it's not dead yet. I mean, look at Houston Speedway. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it got that, revived. Look at that place. Now you got Todd Quarian, and it's like. 
completely badass again. So guys like Tyler, what he's doing with our sprint car industry, you know, they're, they're, they're still, there's still a great future in it all. Cause Eagle raceway is Eagle raceway. It, well, you, as long as they don't get destroyed like I 80. Well, you hear about, I mean, David gravel said he couldn't understand why the outlaws aren't at I 80 or at Eagle this year, because it was a perfect opportunity to take I 80 spot. And so t- David's, confused with it he said it on his podcast there's youtube channel he, he doesn't understand it either brad sweet said the same thing so you got these top outlaws wanting to come to eagle but yeah we don't get to go to eagle so that's that's very confusing and what you've been saying i mean he, he I, i've said all along that roger has done what he needed to do for his racetrack but it's sacrificed 360 sprint car racing in the, in, the, in the meantime you know 360 racing did get out of control and and I, I'm, I can't, I, I can't go there. My brain's not there as far as what to make it, you know, more affordable, but I just go to the 305 racetrack and yeah, I, I, it's great racing. It is. It's, it's good racing. 305 sprint cars. There's nothing wrong with 305 sprint cars. It just takes away from guys like, like right now, Stu Snyder and, you know, Trevor Grossenbacher and Joey Danley. And, you know, I could Jason Danley, you know, I could go on and on about the guys, Tyler Drukey that are still racing, but it takes away, you know, the amount of time and effort they put into sprint car racing because it, it does. It equals the field. 305 racing 100% equals the field because they're like, they're like a hobby stock driving around the, the track with a wing on them. And, and, and unless you know, you might, and you know, you go there and yeah, people say, oh, they they look the same to me. Well, yeah, they look the same until you put a 360 on it on this. That's why you never see a 360 and 305 <laughs> race the same night because it's night and day. I mean, you step on, you step on, because I've, I, I have, I showed up, I drove, uh, I drove for uh, King Car. Yes, mm-hmm. Steve King's King Car. I drove the King Car, and I showed up, and I thought I was just racing his 360, and he looked at me and goes, "Hey, by the way, you're going to run the 305 on the same night." Believe it or not, 305 was tough to drive because it was so underpowered that when you go into the corner, it would literally like fall on its face. So you had to like totally set your car up different, drive it different, everything, because there's no power. And, you know, that's where uh, sprint car racing, you take the horsepower away. You take you take away the – that's why Brad <laughs> Ivy Racing don't go to the racetrack. <laughs> I mean, I don't even there need to is. get into the conversation, but I'm pretty sure. Have you ever been to a 305 race at Eagle? I've been to about, about the same as you, five that's of them. That's because he, he's a sprint car guy. I mean, it takes people, away sprint cars. It takes away the I'm, radical. It takes, a, it takes away from it. I catch so much shit for that, but people tell me, oh, you can't tell the difference. The hell you can't tell the difference. They sound differently. Jesus, just <laughs> sat in the seat once. <laughs> I mean, it's night and day. That's why Tyler is uh, what he's doing with, you know, the, the Stuart Alley Memorial at Eagle. You know, I'm just, I, I, I my dad was a, I haven't talked about it much because it's, it's hard for me, but my, my, if you got to know my dad, you know, if he let you into his bubble, my dad was an awesome dude. And he, he did a lot of things for a lot of people that I don't even realize until, you know, until after, you know, till now. And, and to watch Tyler put in the effort that he's doing for that race, you know, it's not going to fail because he's putting in the time. Uh, you know, he's got guys like you to, to promote it with him. And, and it's at Eagle Raceway. I mean, a 360 race at Eagle Raceway. They said it would never, ever happen again. 
Yep. So, so Tyler, how hard of a sell was that to, to go to Roger? You said that he, you thought he, uh, he thought that you were joking first of all, but you had to obviously sell him on it. So how did, what, how hard of it was that to sell him on letting you guys run a 360 race at Eagle raceway? You know, um, <laughs> with thinking it was a joke, I, I, I mean, he just, I don't know if he thought that I would have something put together or if I was just wondering, um, but anybody that knows me knows a little better than that. And I, I didn't want to go back to him until I had everything put together. Um, as far as the sell to Roger and Racine, um, it was not that hard. Um, you provide proof of what you think you'll be able to do and reasons why, um, in a professional manner, like I did, I sent him a, a couple pages that I spent a, a whole night on till three o'clock in the morning as to reasons why you think it'll be a success and what you need from him and what you don't need from him and, and what you're bringing to the table. I, I think the, the writing was kind of on the wall and, and Roger viewed it as a successful opportunity for myself and himself. Um, yeah, you, you put the two classes that, that I know I love to watch the most, um, that, that my life's history kind of revolves around. And you put them at a place that is probably, like Billy said, probably my favorite actual racetrack in the country. And I've been to a ton of them. Um, I, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Um, I didn't have to do a lot of convincing. It was more, I just put proof to it, you know, like look at schedules, look at past success around that race date. I mean, it's... You, you can't go to I-80 this year and watch 360s. You can't go to I-80 this year and watch SLMR late models. So you kind of create a trap event. You, uh, you know, everybody's going to be itching to watch that show, period, and that show at Eagle, and then uh, to, you know, commemorate or um, idolize Stuart, too, it'll just make it even bigger. I just think it kind of spoke for itself what i sent him um he was great to work with as far as all that goes so no i there was not a real huge sell for it you just gotta spend like billy just said you gotta spend your time and do things the right way something mark birch always tells me uh, to make sure you do things the right way and and that's what i did and and so here we are when you couldn't have picked, there are two different tracks that this could have been at, which is Knoxville or Eagle. Having it at Eagle, I mean, you're bringing the hometown to the track. Can you're I, bringing everybody from around here. Yep. Now, has there been yep. now has since you announced the announced the the race and the dates? Has there been any surprise guys that have reached out to you that either want to come run the run the event or come help promote the event? Um, as far as surprises, there's been some cool stuff. Um. Kelly Westfall from Westmar um, reached out. He's going to help uh, with some with the contingency award, which is cool. Um, me and Billy talked this morning about trips we'd make to Westmar Racing Engines in Oklahoma, where we'd leave at night and get there in the morning right before they open. So, no, those guys I know were were friends of Billy and Stuart and. And likewise, the other way around, and he's always been nice to me, and he wanted to be a big part of this. So, yeah, there's people like that that have reached out that 
I wouldn't say surprised me, but um, I just thought it was cool. Um, just a bunch of text messages of people that thought it was cool that it kind of the same as the night we ran the 22 on our 305 card Eagle. Um, what it means to, to Billy's family is, is more to me than anything anybody else could do for me or, or tell me. So, uh, when it comes to that, that's really all that matters to me. What does this race mean to your family, Billy? If you had to put it into words. I, I don't think it's hit me yet, really. You know, even with my dad passing, you know, we're two years into it, and I don't even believe it yet, really. I just kind of go through my daily routine because, you know, me and my dad were together every day. We went to work together, and then we raced together. That's what we did. That's that it. He's either pouring concrete or racing sprint cars. And, uh, you know, I still, uh, you know, I – I don't even look at myself as the owner of Stewart's Concrete. I just still feel like it's my dad's business, and I'm just kind of running it now because he's not here. And and with the sprint car racing is, you know, I kind of got out of that before he passed. But uh, when I talk about it, you know, sprint cars and and that goes hand in hand with my, with my dad. That's just that's just what we did together. And looking back on it. Uh, you know, that's probably something that, that, that's kind of the healing part of it is knowing, you know, you, you talk to people that you're close with and, you know, they give you, you know, you, you know, make you, you know, try to help you make you feel good. And that's where me and my dad were lucky is, is we spent a lot of time together going up and down the road and, uh, you know, a sprint car racing, something that, uh, I, I guess I would say that I would complain about the most was, you know, traveling up and down the road, you know, like when you're going to the mm-hmm. chili bowl, you know, you think the about it, when you're driving seven hours down the road, you know, going to the racetrack's not that bad, but then coming home sucks. <laughs> Depending on how you did. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the time that we spent on the road, uh, that's something I miss really with racing. The things I bitched about the most are the things that I miss the most. Like maintenance, maintenance in the sprint car during the week. You know, I didn't realize that that was something for me that was now it was a stress reliever. You know, I had a sprint car in the garage last year. I ran a race, my dad's memorial race. That's what I was like my goal. I wanted to run in that race at the right. at IED Speedway. Yeah. And uh, I I had a sprint car in the garage, and when we took it down up and down the road, I like I liked it. It's like me and Buns were they like you know, brought back some great memories and then working on it during the week. So maybe that's why there's a sprint car in the garage. Uh, that and, and, and Brian Shanae welded it all, you know, all, you know, also he's yeah. has a memory to it. Yeah. So if it don't ever hit the racetrack, what, you know, whatever it is, but, uh, well, if you have farmland, it could be like a statue outside or something. You hey, know. <laughs> Hey, I could, uh, well, when I went to chili boy, I went with a buddy of mine, Tim vote who owns a dirt business. And yeah, he said we could just make a racetrack right out in the back 40 there and we won't even need, <laughs> you know, we'll need yeah, other, let's but, do it. <laughs> and he's crazy enough. He would, he's uh, something else. Him and Jay Hyatt, we went to the chili bowl together and that was quite the, quite the road trip. Now, Tyler, you know, Billy's talking about uh, stories about, you know, traveling up and down the road. Do you have any uh, good stories of when you went up and ro- up and down the road with Billy? Yeah, we, we had some good ones. We talked about this morning. Uh, I think when we went to Park Jefferson, that was a pretty funny one. Um, that'll entertain some people. It's not all that long, but 
the racing part it was actually really short um he called me in the morning and wanted to know if i wanted to go race park jefferson just me and him said he had just picked uh stewart's dually up from the shop and picked up the motor and we were going to go to park jefferson and raced against the national tour i was all about that um drove my hour and a half to the shop and flipped tires and we got ready and we drove up there and broke a motor the second lap of hot laps um shoved her back in the trailer and we just decided where we wanted to go eat we didn't stick around so we went and ate and had a couple beers and uh, one part I forgot Wait, to mention. How many beers we're driving down the road? You <laughs> Don't bring that part a up. Beers, <laughs> a couple beers with supper. That's what I meant. There we go. Uh, yeah, we uh, got about an hour down the road from Sioux City, and the dually shut off. Just Good quit Lord. running completely. We uh, pulled over, opened the hood, and and neither one of us are even. I know my way around a sprint car, but I'm a long ways from a diesel mechanic. So we stood there and looked at stuff under the hood like we were going to find something obvious, like a cord unplugged. Um, here nor there, it started. We took off down the road. It starts raining um, between probably Omaha and Lincoln, and the truck shuts off again. Um, <laughs> Did I stay we cool? Did I stay calm? (laughs) (laughs) That was that beer kicking in, remember? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it it shuts off again. Don't know what we're looking at anyways. We get back in the truck, pouring rain, trying to figure out a game plan, and Billy looks at the clock on the dash and said, you know, we're not having very good luck today. Maybe we should just wait till tomorrow, which was about four minutes away. (laughs) <laughs> it was like 7.56, so we did. We just sat there and talked and listened to the radio, and all of a sudden, a couple minutes after midnight, it fires up. We slammed the hood and drove home. So in the matter, <laughs> and so in the matter, yeah. one night you uh, you broke Stewart's truck that just got out of the shop, and you broke a new sprint car motor. <laughs> Stewart yeah, was happy. We, that, <laughs> well, we broke a lot of sprint car motors with that engine builder, so... <laughs> Must have not been one of those Westmore motors. Uh, We had a hard time with uh, valve train on that those motors. Yeah, that's probably why I retired because I don't think we'd run. Well, I don't think we could run past six races and a motor would break. I couldn't handle it. My my, I couldn't handle it anymore. And and that's probably why we were good mood. (laughs) So why don't you go to a different engine builder? I don't know. (laughs) It's time for me to get out of it. I think. The writing was on the wall. Uh, the writing was on the wall, I think. On That's the motor. Where it was, yes. The writing was right there on the wall. The, and then we go back to the beginning of the podcast. My wife, my kids. Maybe yeah. the truck breaking down was the sign. That and was then, it. You know. I still drive that truck, by the way. I still drive. So what did you find was wrong with that truck in that instance? Did, it needed gas. <laughs> well, I don't I don't remember. Tyler's like a computer like Brandon. That'd Shit, be I, don't. I, I listen to these stories. I'm like... Did I do that? I, I do. I guess I do kind of remember, but. Well, that pickup did not need gas because it was a diesel, so. Dang it. See, Josh would have fucked you. it up even worse. <laughs> I would have went to the wrong pump. <laughs> hey, that truck did. <laughs> well, that's a whole other story. Man, but yeah. He had put gas in that truck before. So, Tyler, now that you have the easy part done of uh, contacting Roger and getting the announcement out, what's left to do to, to put on this race in September? 
Um, sponsor stuff. Um, we uh, have a lot of interested and hungry partners for it that want to be a part of the event period and be a part of the event for the Alley family. And yeah, it's uh, that stuff kind of never ends. I work on that every night after my daughter and my wife go to bed. So a lot of that narrowing down, I have a format I like, um, just making sure we do it right. Um, one thing Billy would agree with is, um, you can kind of take polls from everywhere you've raced before. And I think the one hey, place we I, can I won't interrupt. I will say that. Yes, we will have somebody announce quick time at that race. <laughs> hey, yeah, Tyler, <laughs> I, we haven't even talked about this. Like this is all news on the air, but I'm sitting here. We're sitting in the race cave the quick time podcast race cave. And I'm, I'm literally sitting here watching IAD speedway and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like you said it, Tyler, this place is gone. Like IAD speedway is gone. gone. And, yeah. and, and, and where else is Nebraska? Is there Beatrice speedway? I don't know. I've raced there once in my life, but we don't race sprint cars there. I mean, where else is there to race sprint cars? So you got Eagle raceway. I mean, yeah, that's I, a big, Billy. It, it's, I had a, joke as Iski pointed it out um scott angel a good buddy of mine does a lot of promoting for the imca stuff stock cars and all that and joe kaziski brought up a good point to me he said you know joe's not young can't do it forever joe and steve roger's not going to want to do it forever there's how many tracks are gone delmer's kind of up in the yeah, air at cool. time. Yeah, see, that's another one. So I, you're, I, you're, uh, what Joe Kaziski pointed out is that you're going to have to be a younger wave of people to throw their hat in the ring to keep this stuff going. And I guess I kind of took that upon myself to, to start at least um, to try to keep this stuff alive. I want my daughter to grow up with the same kind of opportunities to be around a sport that's given and taught me a lot of what I have in my life. So yeah, it's uh, that's something that I had to look at and something I want to be a part of, not just participate in it, but help grow it. Can can we save 360s in Nebraska? Is it too late, or can we save it? No, I don't think the Nebraska equation needs to just – that's to me, is not part of the equation. I don't think location and racetracks has as much to do with it as cost. Um. I mean, I know of a person that got a new 360 last year that was $67,000. Jesus um, Christ. You can spend less than that, but you aren't going to catch that one. Um, I mean, the reason I race with Trevor, and that's part of the reason why we borrow an engine with a agreement with Mark Birch and the Team Jack Foundation, it, it's not feasible. Um you look at that's why the purse for this deal is a little bigger than normal too it's expensive tires are going to be insane um this year um as a person that works in the industry and sells sprint cars and sprint car parts every day i sit here and and think to myself how the hell are we all going to do this so that's all part of it um as costs go up um i purses need to go up and the only way to make that happen is to kind of get off your ass and make it happen we can all talk about it well i heard you uh, know i heard i heard uh i think it was on a podcast where brad was talking about with the covid deal 
You know, they kind of raised ticket prices and raised pit passes because of the the COVID. Then when COVID went away, they just never changed it. They they never reduced it. The purse didn't change. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I'm not an innovator of the sport. And Tyler, you know, Tyler, that's one thing I've learned about Tyler is he, he... he he devoted his whole life to sprint cars. I mean, the the, the guy did. That's what he does for a living. And his right arm. Work on sprint cars. So <laughs> and his right arm. Unfortunately, yeah, we won't go onto the the, the same Swindell tattoo, but whatever, you know, whatever it is what it is. But Hey, I'm your just, numbers on I'm just too, dick. shit next to it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I Tyler Tyler is. That's that's what Nebraska needs and, and, and we're sitting right here in the race cave. You you know, you three guys. This that's what's uh that's what keeps our sport going because you know we we promote it and 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 we talk about it you guys talk well, about let's it be honest we started the podcast initially as, as a way just to get together and drink beer yeah and then i came along how'd that happen we were desperate that's that's what i figured <laughs> so this, for this conversation and what we're talking about right now is one thing that i'll reach out for you guys to help with um actually Let's promote stuff. And I mean, not be a promoter because that's parts of this I don't wish on most people. But uh, I mean, if you're going to talk about it, let's talk good about it. Let's keep it around. Um, yeah. You know, if if we look at the schedule and we see a race that, man, the last time I went there 20 years ago, it was a shithole. Um, if you have five people that heard you say that and decide that they don't want to go there because of that, you know, those five people might've brought 10 more people. And now we're 15 people in the hole. So I think the thing that'll help us save it is doing good. We have, we all have this platform and you guys have a great one. You have a great show that's well followed and, um, let's do some good. Um, that's the one thing that Brandon has told me when, when, before I joined this podcast, he, he brought it up a couple weeks ago. Someone asked about advertising a race in Nebraska or whatever. It was the, uh, Mm -hmm. ASCS race at, uh, Albion. Albion. And Brandon Mm -hmm. said, he goes, well, how much is that going to cost me? And Brandon's like, we don't charge you anything for, if you're promoting a race in Nebraska or whatever, we're, we're not going to charge Send me the commercial. I'll play it on the air. Yeah, we're all about making, getting more. But what right. I think Tyler's actually talking about, I think he's attacking Brad for his uh, lackluster uh, support of 305 yeah, racing. Brad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Billy's on my side, so I'll take it from here. Like, I'll, I'll say this. I'll take my own kid, my own son. He's uh, he, he would be a great race car driver, and, and 305 racing would be great for him. It would be. 305 sprint car racers... Absolutely nothing wrong with three or five sprint car racing. It's it's a great stepping stone to the sport. But we need yep. something. We need something after that. Yeah, that's what if, that's what we need to get if, back if, is that if, next if, step. If, if yeah. my kid's going to be a great, he's not going to learn learn it in a three or five sprint car. He needs to go. He needs something else. Like I'll go to Knoxville Raceway. Like that's what they did for me at Knoxville Raceway. Knoxville Raceway will take you, and it will take you to a whole nother level. Now, Billy, let me ask you this. I mean, Tyler, you might even be able to jump, on, jump in on this. When you're racing mini sprints at, at Waverly, at Greenwood, how much did those guys help you progress to the next level, which would have been the 360 sprint cars at Eagle Raceway? It was it, That was the next step. That was the talk about. You know, Mike at, at, at Wavelink Raceway Park. You know, I started racing there in a go-kart, and I raced go-karts, and, and they wanted to see me succeed. Now, now, the other track at Greenwood, what I got into earlier – they could give two shits about me, and that that showed. And 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 
And my attitude probably deserved a little bit of it, but I'm pretty sure I got that clear earlier. I'm still burned up about it. Did you race Hastings? And all it took is one phone call during the damn week to not let us show up to the racetrack and make... Anyway, and then I feel like when I won at Eagle Raceway, the sixth night, our Everness Sprint car, I think I looked back on all that, and I gave the double birds to them, said, fuck y'all. Uh, there it is. That's a You know, fat. yeah, I, I, my, des- my desire to win, uh, over, you know, overcome some of my attitude. But, uh, yeah, I just, I just think that guys that are promoting these races need to take these young kids instead of putting money in their back pocket the whole time, like, like promote these kids, like get these kids to the next level, because in the end that will help you like, like what Emmett Hahn, that's where Emmett Hahn and Terry Maddox and the ASCS, Matt Ward, you know, I look back on, 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 I'm just talking about my own little career, but you know, there was a time where I could have, uh, me and my dad, we probably would have, you know, jumped on the national tour. Uh, but it was it was south. You know, we didn't live in Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, it wasn't like the national tour like it is now. It was more the, the mid-south so we, kind we of region. we went to Knoxville. And then I think that was a lot of Bob Richardson. You know, we went to Knoxville. For me, it was great. Knoxville treated me awesome. But to, 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 to get back on track of promoting sprint car racing in Nebraska – we need the right person to take over, take these kids to make them better racers. And, and, and they need more, hor- they need the next stepping stone. It's like a, it's like a video game. It's like my, you know, it's like kids playing video games today. And he's like a video game. 305 sprint cars is not the prestige of a video game. That's like the step. That's like the start of the video game. That's not it, your ending. That's not the ending. It yeah. need they need, it needs something else. And Eagle Raceway in Nebraska, you know, you there's there's racetracks in Nebraska that could get the right people involved that can make money to help to help generate everything. And I I I hope that that happens someday. You know, you're you're hitting on a good point. The one thing you were very good in your career was a promoter. You promoted your brand, probably one of the best I've ever seen, with WFO, the Alley Cats, and stuff like that. Tornado Alley, Tornado Alley. I mean, you. It's like you have new nicknames, the Bulldog or stuff like that. The Big Dog. The Big Dog. My bad. Figure it out, bud. <laughs> big Dog. But, that, but that's what I mean. Is that's what you're saying? Is you need to promote. But that's something you were good at. Do you ever think about being that ambassador of the sport nowadays? I mean, I I uh, can't. I don't know. I I I. I because, see, I felt like I'm shitty at promoting myself. Yeah, I, well, I was just grateful. I was grateful for people that helped me. And, and you know, when I was racing, you know, social media, you know, it's crazy how old you you kind of are. <laughs> you don't really realize it. But, you know, you talk about uh, these kids today. You know, I didn't have – there was no Twitter and Facebook and social media. It was – that was – and I, and I don't I, – I feel like I'm not that freaking old. You know, you, you hear stories of Buns and Craig Bowles and these guys I, I sit down and talk to, you know, is Speed Sport Magazine. They would wait for the following week of Speed Sport to come out. And now nowadays, it's it's the, the promotion of, of, of yourself is different. And I, I just always felt like I was never very good at promoting myself because I just was just in awe of just being able to do it, just be able to race and... 
I just felt like I failed at that part of it all. And Tyler, I, we're we're talking about sponsors here. Are there any sponsors that you need to give a shout out that's helping you with the with the race? There will be a bunch that come along. Um, I know Billy's talked about him, but Ironwood Joe at Ironwood Builders will be a part of it. Um, Strobel Manufacturing will be a part of it. Um, yeah, there will be there will be a bunch. Um, as soon as I have all that stuff uh, lined up, there'll be a bunch of announcements on all that stuff. Yeah, there'll be, there's a lot of help, an awful lot of help. I, Maybe Brent it, wants to participate. In my defense, I'm not bashing 305s, getting back. Going I'm backwards. just giving you shit. <laughs> He's backing up. <laughs> I, I, I was just like Billy. I you, think, I think I, Roger has a great thing for him, but they're just not my cup of tea. Yeah, I will say you never said anything negative about him, just that, like I said, it's not your cup of tea. Yeah, he like, says yeah, that every I, week I, to I've us. Never, I won't say we're back. I mean, I, no, I, I, you're I not. Sat, I sat at lunch one day with Jason Johnson, and this was when Steinbach Joe bought an engine uh, from from uh, uh, Bossman. 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 Josh Bossman. Josh Bossman. I drove. I drove down there and I had lunch, and Jason was super pumped that day because he's going to go run a three hundred five race. He's like. And he looked at me because that was right when the 305 deal at Eagle was happening. Like the 360s were done and the 305s. And he goes, you know, dude, sprint cars are sprint cars. Like I, I go racing. Like we're going to, I'm going to go race 305. I don't care if you put what kind of engine you put in my car. Well, to that point, yeah, it's racing. But at the same time, the guy also was going to go be racing a 360, a 410. You know, he was, he just, you, that just can't, Eagle Raceway is, is, is a badass place. So yeah, have three hundred fives, but you gotta have the outlaws there. You need to have the three sixties there. The thirteen second lap, because let's get it back down to ten. I mean, that's a ten second track. Oh yeah. I don't know what three hundred fives cruise around there at. I'm. I don't know. Brad's Tuesday there. or Wednesday. Whatever it is. <laughs> I'm just saying. Let's get it back. Tyler. To the, Tyler, uh, doesn't your driver Tyler or Trevor Grossenbacher hold the track record out there in the three hundred five? Uh no, in the three sixty we do. Okay. For some oh, reason, I thought Billy don't have that. <laughs> For some reason, I was thinking Trevor had the 305 track record. Nope, that's that's one that hasn't reached it, or we haven't reached. So, what is uh, that? Do you know? Do anybody know the? That's usually IB Racing specialty. Who finds it out of nowhere? It, 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 it is what it is. Because I, I, I can Former. guarantee if you. Anyway, let's go. Uh, All right, 305 <laughs> track record is held by Luke Cranston at a 12337. Yeah, it's under 13. What's the what's the 410? <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go down track records. All right, four ten wing sprint car, Sammy Swindell, eleven oh seven six, which we know the true track record is actually held by Mark Kenzer, but unfortunately that got rained out. The qualifying got rained out that night. Uh, the three hundred five, like I said, with Luke Cranston, three sixty was uh, your boy Trevor Grossenbacher, eleven eight one five, and a four ten non wing sprint car, Tony Rutherford at a thirteen nine zero four. But to piggyback up all this about having the different classes, if Roger does what works for his business. Um, it puts uh, fans in the stands and it, it gives him a paycheck that he's happy with on Saturdays. And I think that's what it is for him. And I, I think it's what it came down to for me, guys, is this is the show I want to see. And so I just said, well, let's just do it. Yeah. I mean, like, really? I, I, to have a, a Stewart Alley Memorial at the place it should be at, and I want it to pay a worthy purse. So I just decided, well, let's just do it. Like we need, like to Billy's point, to have a stepping stone. Somebody's got to take it over. The 
the series has came and went. The ASCS Midwest went away. The Nebraska 360 series has kind of been hit or miss, but it's had it's all had the same blood the whole time. Like there's no one, never been anybody new. It's almost the, the old guard, kind of the old guard yeah, of racing around and that, here. Those hands got to get washed once in a while. Um, that's just the way it is. That's how life works. And that's what I just kind of, literally, I woke up one morning and I was like, you know, I want to have a Stewart Alley Memorial and there ain't any other place I'd rather have it than Eagle. So I literally woke up and just started getting after it two months ago, probably because I want it to happen. So I just decided let's do it. Um, and here we are, we, we have one now. So I think it just takes people wanting to do not just to talk. So uh, the 410 deal that they'll have one now this year, um, an opportunity looks like came to Roger that he liked and he'll have that. And I'm sure that'll be a insanely good show. I mean, I wouldn't miss anything for it. I'll be there Tuesday, Monday at noon. I don't care when they have it. Um, <laughs> Billy will be there. We know that. Yeah. I just feel like it's, um, everybody does what works for them. And the 360 deal, it's just never had new blood. So that's what, I kind of want to try to do here is a have this event for for Billy's family, and then let's let that open the door to make this more than that. Um, the I, that's an event that's going to happen every year if I can help it. That's, um, awesome. that's cool. That's that's, that's awesome. Cool. Absolutely. That's not, I won't give up on. They can bury me with that idea, but. That's what WFO you, TP I, WFO. Buddy. That's <laughs> to sell those shirts, you know. That's, yeah, it's just, awesome. uh, in today's world, though, you got to put ha I, but uh, hashtag at WFO. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> Billy. That's the new age, right? Hashtag <laughs> hashtag WFO. Yeah, is, I just that's how I see it, guys. Is you know, it when Eagle puts a post on Facebook um, uh, that uh, we're having this special. I'd go on and read the comments and there's 40 comments, 30 comments. Oh, we want three sixties. We want super late models. We want this. Well, that's fine, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the exact thing is uh, we want, we want, we want Tyler did Tyler went out and got what he wanted. Yeah. yeah right. Right. That's like me sitting here talking. I'm shit. I'm nothing. So <laughs> I can say bitch about this and that, and we need this and that. Cause because even even when you look at it, when we when I race at, at Eagle in the 360, I I think mm -hmm. when uh, Ironwood Joe uh, when I had the three car, the the at the end of the 360 era for Eagle Raceway, there was like 15 cars, maybe 20 cars. You know, when I started racing yeah. in 2001. There was 40. Yeah, yeah. When Cormac had Eagle Raceway, there was like 40 was wing prime. wing 360 sprint cars and. Yeah, I'm not. I, I I can sit here and talk, but yeah, I can't. I I don't. I don't know. I don't know why that 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 died off. I'm not. It's money, but yet I still feel like you get the right innovator involved. 360 racing is badass, and you put a 360 sprint car at Eagle Raceway, it's freaking awesome. It's badass. So you can't. You can't. You can't do this. You can't. You can't beat it. You don't get you can't the same it. thing. Yeah. You just have to have the right situation it is and that's why if 
I mean, if, if Roger Hayden ever listened to this podcast and listened to us talking, yeah, he might get pissed at first, but at the end of the day, you know, he's an innovator. If he really wanted to, yeah, he could, he could do it. He's a smart guy. He, he could make it happen. He understands what it's going on, but that, at the same time, that's what he did with his 305s. He sprint car racing was dying and he brought it back and yeah, there, how many cars are at Eagle with a 305? There's, There's 40 cars again. There's four heats at least. But at the same you time, know, it's not it's not easy. it's not big motor sprint car racing. Yeah. It's nope. just not. So how we get that back, I don't know. I'm not the guy. I pour concrete for a living now. So <laughs> find somebody out there to get get it get it going. Brandon Anderson, get it get it going. So you just have to put the right people in the right situation, that's for sure. Yep. Yeah, but I, I think Tyler is in that that right situation yes. uh, promoting Thank this you. race. That's a, uh, uh, I ramble. But I yes. know we all 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 four of us here are looking forward to it. Uh, Tyler, I want to thank you for jumping on with us tonight, and uh, we can't wait to see you out at Eagle Raceway. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it, guys, and and having uh, having me on here at the same time as Billy is is pretty cool too. We had a lot of good memories, and I look forward to making one we can all have um every september if i have anything to do with it so yeah let's support this deal um make it what it deserves to be for for their family and um yeah let's give us something to to look forward to um my september will be a zoo with the nationals because i if it's the last thing i do in my life i'll win the 305 nationals with trevor so September will be a a busy month for me, but man, I I can't wait for that. There'll be a lot of details come out about it as it gets closer. It's just, uh, it needs stuff like this, a place to talk about it and, uh, some people just to do. Um, that's kind of how I, I ain't shitting you. I woke up one morning and was like, well, let's just do it. You know, what the hell? So yeah, here we are. Yeah. I, I don't know if I had a good dream or, (laughs) <laughs> we'll leave the other tail out of it that may have happened but yeah i woke up in a good mood and got motivated and well when i when yeah. i first met you tyler you uh you were working at the aurora co-op running a sprayer and i thought man this guy does like racing but how much does he really like it now you devoted <laughs> your whole life you work at emi you you work on sprint cars as much as you possibly can and that's what that's what it needs. So so like with you getting involved with Roger, you know that's 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 what it takes. That's what that's what it is. Maybe it's something right right there. We're just not uh, fully seeing it yet, but it's right there in the making. Yeah, there's a. I mean, we can. There's a lot of things to look at. You're a lifer, sprint car people like Buns and Jimmy Jones and. man we might as well just turn this podcast onto a four-hour show tonight because i can just that's what i'm afraid of right here getting wound up i'm fine i haven't talked about racing for a long time and (laughs) and i want to clear the air about something before you guys kick me off this i never cheated in a sprint car wait jj riggins i heard that on the podcast and he was full of knowledge i love jj josh it was a great podcast you guys had but that's one thing 
that I never, I never had like traction control. Traction what the control. fuck is traction control? How can you put traction control in a sprint car? Tyler Perry, crew chief no extraordinaire. And so people like saying I had traction control, I just kind of laugh at it. It's like, what the fuck is that? It's like when I pulled in after Jack Jover drove, drove by me down the backstretch at some podunk racetrack when the race, the, the straighter was like a mile long and he drives by me and I come in. He's cheating. There's no way he drove by me. I'd be cheating. Well, when you're kicking everybody's ass, yeah, they all think you're cheating. So, I mean, the only I really, I honestly will go to my grave. I, I, I don't really recall ever cheating ever in my whole life in a sprint car. If I could have been smart enough to do it, absolutely. But I don't, I was all about spending the bucks. So, cheating, I had to get that out, out there a little bit there because... Let's just keep this podcast right. going. On that note, I think we should wrap it up. We will definitely have we will definitely have Billy back another time. Uh, yeah, I never Tyler. cheated, by the way, folks, ever in my life. <laughs> Put it on a shirt. And Tyler, once again, thanks for jumping on. We cannot wait to get out to Eagle Raceway and support this event. Well, I appreciate it, guys, and 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 I I hope to see you all there. That'll be a I'm looking forward to that. I hope everybody else is too. Yeah, yeah Stewart yeah, Alley thanks. Memorial. My dad was uh, my dad was uh, my dad was a badass. He was he was one of a kind, and that he was. I'm uh, blessed to call him my dad. Hello, and welcome to the Amazing Pizza Machine, Omaha's award-winning play and buffet experience. With over 60,000 square feet of indoor food and fun. First, feast your eyes on this. Our amazing buffet is packed full of delicious choices and is super convenient for families, groups, and folks of all ages. Yes, pizza is our middle name, but our unlimited buffet has so much more. And for the 21 and older club, we serve beer and wine available by the glass. Our amazing arcade is one of the largest in the Midwest and is something for all ages with over 170 of the latest and greatest video and arcade games, as well as rides and attractions. Voted Omaha's best family entertainment center and best place for birthday parties, the amazing pizza machine is the perfect destination for any celebration, and we hope to see you soon. Join Stars photographer BA and Off-Ice official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. We'll talk with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni. Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink just before the buzzer it was something special for sure. I don't, I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was uh, a great rich history for hockey here in Lincoln, but uh, I was I was really happy to see the fans come back in droves and, and be such a great supporter for us. I might have to throw my roommate on the bus. Uh-oh. I think Sato doesn't have the best tape jobs. He actually just spray painted all his sticks white um, on the bottom of them, I think uh, he's copying some some NHL or he's looking up to. But I don't know. I think it's dusty. I think a lot of guys think it's sick though. <laughs> <laughs> to let him in penalty minutes back before they handed out those little ten minute wussy misconducts on everything with two sixty five <laughs> thunderstruck the podcast all season long right here on the Anchor app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I am along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really... 
that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president Andrew Goldman. It went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that added. (laughs) I want that added. What are you shaking your head now for? I'm agreeing with you because oh. he has absolutely killed us this year. Well, so far, finger guns has meant Sam shut up. So. Yeah, that's that's not helping. I'm trying to process. Okay. Check out the Dump and Chase podcast every Wednesday on Western Reserve Radio, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Listen, that like was frightening. All right, guys, welcome back to Quick Time, the podcast. We're going to wrap things up here uh, just in a little bit. But before we do, Josh, do you want to have a little uh, taste test of the new Victory Fuel by uh, Kevin Swindell? Yep, throttle punch. It is It is good. I mean, I don't think it's that bad. A lot of people have told me different things. So I bought a case of it before I left the Chili Bowl because, A, I wanted to just have it down here as something to remember. So what I did is I You're told all the, about the little collectible I memory am, thing. He's it down drives here. my wife nuts. I mean, I've even started getting dirt now from tracks. I have dirt from the Chili Bowl, um, but don't tell anybody I stole that. So, Hey, <laughs> you're taking away from Evan's uh, new it. shoes. Shit, you had to get a pick and pick it off the ground because yeah. it was so packed tight. Friday night, was, Thursday night wasn't so bad. Peel the rubber off of it. So... So I told the guys, I was like, all right, we're coming on the show. We're going to taste test this. I got a can for each of you. Billy's tried it. So I want to hear what you guys think of it. Let's start it with Billy. I, I, I listened to Clinton Boyles walking around the racetrack, and it would uh, be great with Tito's vodka. Yeah, Tito's definitely. But for me, it's it's if it's healthy, that's like Kevin Swindell's deal. It's healthy. It's a, it's a healthy it's a healthy Red Bull, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I love it. I If it was at Casey General Stores, I'd buy it. And and uh, this is probably my last time on the air here before I get no, kicked no, off. It's not. So I just want to say one thing when I when I ever get on the air and I talk live in my for the rest of my life, I will always bring up Jesse Hockett because, you know, uh, losing my dad and, and, and all that stuff, uh, Jesse Hockett and Danny McMillan, my two best friends, uh, they were, they, they, their name just never can die ever when I'm alive. So uh, I just want to throw that out there that that uh, I think Jesse and Daniel would we'd probably be drinking uh, Victory Fuel with Tito's uh, a lot in Victory and, Lane. In Victory Lane, and I think uh, Jesse would might have been in Kevin's car this year and won. Who knows? To this day, I remember where I was when I got the news about Jesse's passing. I was in the Houston airport. I was at work, and I got a text message from uh, Pat Grant. So, yeah, uh, I was I at could, work when I. Yeah, re- I could take you to the exact yeah. spot I was at when Daniel and Jesse passed. So, yeah, it's a uh, part of our life. But you know, things like this on the air in front of a racing, you know, it's like a family. That's what's cool about dirt track racing is everyone's you know we all we all have the same passion you know it's a small world but it is a pretty powerful world and uh so i just had to throw that out there on the air i'll always talk about jesse and daniel forever and, if i ever get in the right place they're they're uh jesse is uh he's a better race car driver than i will ever be so uh I just love him. Miss him. Can't wait to see him again. Yeah. And definitely, this will not be your last time on the show because nope. we never talked about Knoxville yet. We haven't talked mm-hmm. about venturing off and running four times with Kurt, 
Kurt uh, Grandstaff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Court the sixty-six yeah, Court. Court. Yeah, yeah. When we were dra- when we were, yeah when we were traveling to the to, to Tulsa and, and and the Tim vote who's we looked on the map and Bixby and I was talking about Court and the Trop Arctic deal. So yeah, so, this yeah. is the first time I've talked about sprint car racing in a long time. So. Well, when we ask you to come on, you should just yeah. Well, say, I'm before coming. I ignored you, now I I, uh, <laughs> I I am ready. I'm you know time. I don't think you ever heal from something like that because racing and my dad is like hand in hand. So, uh, but time does time kind of makes you more numb. I wouldn't say it heals things, but it makes you numb to it. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's, it's race. Sprint car racing is, is Billy Allen's sprint car racing. That's just goes hand in hand. So guys like, you know, you three that promote what, what, what the sport is all about. That's 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 what it takes to continue on to to not let the sport die. So, yeah, you guys are you guys are awesome. This is this is great. This is the the race cave. No one can see it. They can just listen to it. But it's badass down here. When I get off <laughs> the air, I'm gonna go play NBA Jam and Mortal Kombat because we got that here too. So, yeah, there this is go. all super cool back here. I'm looking at Trey Grop's uh, Hero Cards and Ava Grop, and I got Trey's tires sitting over there too. Like this is this is this is a Nebraska. Nebraska history is right down in, in here. We've yeah, been JJ Riggins and Don Drought Senior over there on that wall. Yes, it's it's uh it's badass down here. So so thank you guys for what you do for our sport. Appreciate it. Brad, uh before we go, uh what what are your thoughts on the Victory Field? Well, first of all, the can pops. I really like the design of the can. That's pretty good. Um I'm I'm gonna say that it's really good. Um, but I don't know that it's any different than Gatorade Zero. Uh, Gatorade Zero has no sugar in it. This is low sugar, and I completely get why Kevin did it because he said that uh, he's not active anymore because of his accident, and he it just added calories. So he wanted a sports drink that he can drink without gaining weight, and and this does it, and it's really good. It has no aftertaste. That's what uh, I was always yeah. concerned about because yeah. you know everybody compares it like it's it's a kid friendly Red Bull. Well, Red Bull has an aftertaste. Yes, and and I wish it. I I hope at some point it is for sale at Casey's or whatever because it is really really good. And I really the 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 punch is not overwhelming. Uh, sometimes Gatorade is the the the, the punchy's a little too punch punchy, too punchy. But a little this, bit of an aftertaste. This gets has got left. a good balance to it. So uh, yeah, I'll buy it uh, when uh, hopefully it'll hit the store shelves pretty soon. But uh, it's well done. I'd like to, like I said in last week's podcast, I'd like to know how a, a sprint car midget driver or a team owner got this all designed and marketed and all that shit that those guys are very creative and they're entrepreneurs and to get this off the ground had to be a huge undertaking and so hopefully it works out well for them but uh, yeah it's a it's a pretty good uh pretty good sports drink in my opinion brandon i uh second all that no you like, can't no I, I told you no i told you it's good i was concerned it had it would have sba let it rip <laughs> there it is i mean you have the most you're the most opinionated guy i know let it rip if i'm the most opinionated guy you let know you don't know a whole lot of people billy <laughs> no like like i said i was concerned that it would have that aftertaste it does not um definitely could use some tito's in it not gonna lie, a <laughs> little bit of a kick. Well, just add a add, add a little bit. Make it not so kid fr- kid friendly. Well, my son drank four of them. I know. Like it was like you got to stop. I need like some for the guys when they come over. And he's told after you guys leave, he is free for all. He can have as much as you want. I'm surprised so he's not down here. That's what Kevin Sundell's deal was. He can have it. They're kid, it's kid <laughs> friendly. I mean, when you think about it as an adult, as a parent, like that's what's that's what's different from this from other other uh, you know drinks. 
the 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 energy drinks is it's 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 healthy. I mean, it's not bad for you. That's that's the kicker to it. Also, like when I don't I don't know Clinton Boyles very well, but uh, when me and him are drinking Victory Field and Tito's, you know, we're like. It's like healthy at the same time. So <laughs> Brad's laughing. Right? It's, it's funny because it's true. Well, yeah. But I think my son likes having it. You know, it looks cool, like you said, in his hand. It looks, you know, it looks like something that I would drink or something like that. So he hey. thinks it's neat. I think Jesse would, I think he would love it. Him and Daniel. Oh, yeah. And if we learned just... anything this weekend, winners drink it. Logan Seavey, Victory <laughs> Lane, Victory Fuel, and Victory Lane. With that being said, thanks for tuning in this episode of Quick Time, the podcast. We will catch everybody next week. W-F-O. Yeah. <laughs>